I'm not sure how many of you have had the um, joy of a long-haul flight. Um, <laughs> I uh, travel back to South Africa regularly because my family are there, um, and it is, in theory, only 11 hours, but there are times it can feel like a lot more than 11 hours when you're watching the clock through the night going, surely I've had a bit of uncomfortable sleep. Oh, that was 10 minutes. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable and not pleasant, unless you've flown first class, which I have never had the pleasure of doing, and doubt I ever will. Um, but it's not a very comfortable experience. But it's one that is, is measurable. You know when the end is going to be, roughly, even if there's a delay, you know roughly when, when it's going to end, and you know where you're going to. Um, and in my case, I'm going back to somewhere that's familiar, that I know, and there's a sense of excitement um, and anticipation um, as, as you go. But this is not the case for the disciples in our story today. Um, we find the, um, the disciples standing there watching Jesus um, ascend to heaven and they don't know what is coming next. And they don't know how long next will be. It's all very uncertain and very unknown. I don't know if you've heard of the term a liminal space. A liminal space is a space between. A space between something that has been and something that is yet to come. Whether we know the term or not, we've all experienced liminal spaces in our lives. That space between maybe moving from one job or one role in life to another. That waiting and anticipation. Maybe that space between receiving a diagnosis and then finding yourself on a path to recovery. Of course, we all experienced a big liminal space a few years ago when the pandemic hit and we were confined to our homes. There are many things that can lead us into those liminal spaces, those times of waiting. They are by very nature uncomfortable. They're uncertain and filled with unknowing and we don't like either of those things. <laughs> Yet they're spaces in which we grow. We're tried, we're tested, we're taken deeper into ourselves in ways that form us and mould us. But like I say, the thing about liminal spaces is that, that they are unknown. Unlike that uncomfortable long-haul flight, we have no idea how long until we reach that next space? And we have no idea what it will look like on the other side. Jesus tells the disciples that he will be with them always. And then he leaves. He tells them, as he leaves, to wait for the Holy Spirit who will give them power. Jesus needed to leave. He needed to leave so that we could receive the Holy Spirit and be empowered to continue his work, not in our own strength, but in the strength and power of the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus ascends to the Father to reign in glory. It's almost like he goes before us to open a way to the Father. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. He opens that way. Just like the scouts uh, would go before um, the colonisers, you know, they'd go out before, they'd check out the land, make sure it was good and then send messages back that it was good, send the women and the children. (laughs) Kind of like that. Jesus is that scout going before us, checking that it's safe and that we know it's safe to follow him. His work didn't stop because his physical presence is no longer here on earth. On the contrary, his work continues. He continues to open up that way for us to be with him and the Father. He continues to intercede for us. He reigns with God to bring about the ultimate restoration of the earth. But he hasn't left us alone. It maybe looks like it, it maybe felt like it as the disciples were watching Jesus ascend. That the incarnation was not reversed in Jesus' ascension. In fact, it's because of his ascension that there is a way for everyone at the same time to feel and know God's presence and his guiding through the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, we all know this because we know what comes next in the story. The benefit of hindsight. We're reading this, looking back. The disciples, however, did not. They stood watching that space where Jesus had disappeared, wondering, what? (laughs) What on earth are we going to do? What happens now? Their world had once again been rocked and shaken And what they thought was their reality was changed yet again. We experience those times where we cannot see the way forward, where we don't know what on earth we're going to do next, how we're going to cope, how we are going to move forward. But what I like about this is you can see that the disciples have learned something. Because when Jesus died, they all returned to fishing And they all dispersed and went back to their old life. But they don't do that now. They've learnt something in that time uh, since Jesus' death and resurrection. And they do a few things that I think we can learn from when we face our difficulties and uncertainties. And the first thing they do, I think, is that they trust Jesus Their experiences have taught them that they might not understand what is going on or how things are going to pan out, but they know that they always do. They know that Jesus is always true, has always been loving, and that every experience they have been has worked out for a good purpose. They remember their story of how God has been at work in them And they trust that he will continue to be at work and that it will be okay. Maybe even better than okay. When we go through those periods of uncertainty and doubts and fears, we need to look back at our own story. Both our individual stories, but our collective story as people of God. 
because it will remind us of how God has worked and give us hope that he will continue to do so, that he has not left us or abandoned us. The second thing that the disciples do is that they gather together. It says in our story that they went back to Jerusalem and gathered together in a room. The disciples and the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with their brothers. Quite a big group, probably around about 120 people. They gathered together with their community for support and mutual sharing. Sometimes when we go through difficult times, we kind of want to hide away. We don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to show that we are struggling. And we distance ourselves from our community, which is the very place where we can receive support and encouragement and nourishment from being with one another. And the third thing they do is they pray. They devote themselves to prayer as they gather together. They wait, just as Jesus told them, in anticipation. They don't give up communicating with God, even though they don't know what's going on. They strengthen their prayer efforts, knowing that God is going to impart something to them, even if they don't know what the answer to that prayer will look like, they continue to pray and to trust that God will answer their prayer and meet them. We can trust that God will hear us too. It's difficult, especially we're in, when we're in those places of uncertainty and not really hearing God. But when we still ourselves and invite God into the moment then we can be uplifted and strengthened and comforted. Life is full of change and unpredictability. We are never going to be able to change that. We will all go through periods of difficulty and times of uncertainty. Those liminal spaces as we move from one thing to another. And we know that we can look to God to see us through these times. We can look to the examples of the disciples and indeed many other characters in the Bible to learn how we can navigate our way through life. First, we trust God. Remember how he has worked in your life. Next, we stick to our community. We draw support and help one another. And finally, we pray to the God who will draw near to you. If you're able, let's stand and say together the Nicene Creed. <laughs>